1: 7.49am, you're listening to The Morning Run with Shazana and Phil. Now, like other Southeast Asian countries, Malaysia is facing a tough balancing act as relations between the US and China remain frosty with trade tensions showing no signs of de-escalating.
0: In a recent interview with the Financial Times, Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim has criticised the China-phobia phenomenon brought on by the West. He said Malaysia strives to take a neutral stance and seeks to maintain good, stable relations with the US while considering China as an important ally the intensifying competition among the major powers and rising protectionism comes into the picture but how will Malaysia and also other Southeast Asian nations navigate through these challenges
1: Joining us to discuss this is Chong Jian, Associate Professor with the Department of Political Science at the National University of Singapore. Jian, good morning. Always good to have you. So, of course, we're discussing this on the back of Prime Minister Anwar Ibrahim's criticism of China phobia in Western economies. Uh, to what extent do you think this is a shared sentiment in the Southeast Asia region, namely that the notion that the West is aggrandizing the threats posed by China?
2: So, I, I think, uh, um. Prime Minister uh, D- Datuk Sri Awang Ibrahim's uh, sentiments uh, reflect a certain frustration uh, that uh, are f- is found in many Southeast Asian capitals. Um, so, in Europe uh, and North America, there is um, a lot of um, there's, there's a lot of vocal sentiment uh, uh, expressing wariness uh, about the PRC. But on the PRC side itself, too, right? They've been doing their internal circulation. They've been um, also more quietly, but also um, looking at. Their own economy and emphasizing that over relations uh, with uh, the outside world. So it's not just uh, Europe and North America. So I think what this is also reflective of. Uh, it's um, it's also an expression of frustration. Uh, frustration that for much of many of us in Southeast Asia, we've benefited for a really long time uh, by being able to be a conduit between different economies. Now that demand and uh, on you know both sides, so this is uh, China, the PRC, as well as the Europe and North America, is sort of switching away, uh, we are less able to benefit. And I suppose um, those of us in Southeast Asia are still trying to find our feet to figure out what to do uh, in this uh, developing situation.
0: So are Western concerns over China's rights driven more by security risk or economic competition?
2: I think there's a degree of both. Um <clears throat> And I suspect that the security competition bit uh, probably uh, looms a bit larger. I think also there are concerns about intellectual property and so on and so forth. But, you know, we've seen periods where there have been economic friction before. Um, So if... I mean, this may be going back a while, but if you think about the debates surrounding, say, uh, uh, most of it nation status back in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, some of the other debates uh, surrounding, uh, you know, China's uh, trade, uh, PRC's trade practices uh, in the early two thousands. I mean, it was there, but those got smoothed over. So I think the security aspect uh, is looming much larger now than before.
1: When we talk about. Um Southeast Asian countries uh, being caught in the middle. I mean, this is a narrative that's been going on for a while, right? But I'm curious, how have geopolitical dynamics of recent years, especially with the change of the guard uh, leadership of the U.S., how has that impacted regional alignments? Do you see the map of who is leaning towards who changing um, in in the sense of what's happening in the world now?
2: So um, let me... Uh, Share some figures with with you and your listeners. So if you look at, say, uh, Malaysia, your largest trading partner in goods is the PRC. It's about 14.5%. I think uh, Singapore comes after that, maybe about 13 or so percent, uh, and then I think the U.S. is about 12 percent. Uh, and if you look at uh, FDI coming in, going into Malaysia, I think the top is uh, the Netherlands, about 35 billion uh, ringgit, and then uh, Singapore, the United States, and then and then the PRC. So what this picture tells you is that um, we are in this situation. Um, other parts of Southeast Asia look quite similar. That you know we get capital coming in from um, Europe and North America. Uh, we make stuff that we then sell uh, to the PRC, or we import stuff from the PRC that we then uh you know assemble and, and sell elsewhere. So that's that's the whole uh circularity of of the economy. That's uh not going to just change uh with the uh leaderships, right? But um what we do see is increased tension uh between Beijing and uh, other capitals that sort of say, well, uh that's sort of Circu- you know, circularity in terms of the economy, we're not interested in that anymore. There are other things that are in place. And I think this is more than just generational. Um, this is a sort of rethink uh, in both Beijing and also Washington and Brussels and so on and so forth, that they want a different mode of o- operating. And that means to say that those of us in Southeast Asia will need to adjust. We can't really shape what these other uh, uh, country- these other governments are doing, uh, but we we can adjust.
0: So, tell us about this adjustment that Malaysia needs to take because it is a very tense adjustment to make, isn't it? Because you've got to strike the balance between both superpowers as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy. Um, I mean, it's not easy for anybody, not not Malaysia, not Singapore, not Indonesia. Uh, But... Yeah, we we've got to figure out what kind of economy uh, do we uh, do we expect to develop going forward. And this is particularly difficult because there's no clear line, and we are so we've been so comfortable with uh, what we've experienced over the past decades. And now we're all expected, uh, the leaders especially, to say, well, you know, um, that may, might not work as well anymore. You got to think of something else. What that something else is, we don't really know. Mm. You got to figure it out, uh, and that's not an easy proposition.
1: So, countries like Malaysia have been very careful to stay uh, as neutral as possible, as to not pick any sides. But are there scenarios where you think um, countries would be forced to pick sides?
2: So, I don't know whether. Uh, so, I, I think there could be, there are multiple scenarios where states could be uh, forced to pick sides. So, for instance, if you have some sort of crisis in the Taiwan Strait or the. Um, South China Sea, um, that does involve the some malaysia claimed areas. Mm. Uh, you could see a situation where um, the PRC is trying to block U.S. Uh, military forces from transiting airspace or, or the sea that Malaysia controls, and the U.S. is trying to force its way through. Then you see, we would see a lot of pressure uh, from both capitals. Uh, that would include political pressure that might involve efforts to try to mobilize um bits of your uh, your society domestically. I mean, this applies to other Southeast Asian states too. Um, So that could be quite tough. Uh, But I think uh, for most Southeast Asian states, we do need to make a choice. But that choice is not between the United States uh, and the PRC. That choice is about how we plan a way forward together, um, how we work together with partners such that we are able to mitigate some of these risks from intensifying US PRC competition.
0: I mean, give us an outlook about what you think the tensions between the US and China will look like in the coming months ahead. You know, we've got this really pivotal US presidential elections. Do you think these tensions will de-escalate or will there be further escalation?
2: Um, I think the US and the PRC are trying to manage their relations. Neither side really wants an escalation, but uh, if it goes there, neither is going to back down. So, um, fingers crossed, um, the sort of, current uh, round of engagement will create some flaw for stability. Of course, the uh, upcoming U.S. presidential election creates a lot of uncertainty. Uh, even if there is some sort of arrangement uh, or mutual understanding now, uh, whether uh, a Trump administration will keep to them is a big question, which is why I'm saying uh, getting the two sides getting some sort of flaw is important. Other states should encourage it. Uh, but ultimately, I think... Uh, President, uh, a potential Trump presidency is a big wild card. The last time he was uh, in the White House, he had advisors that basically everyone more or less knew and could work with. This time around, that's not going to happen. So, if there's a Trump presidency, uh, we, we should all brace for a lot more uncertainty and potentially a lot more friction.
1: Jayen, thank you very much for speaking with us. That was Chong Jayen, associate professor with the Department of Political Science at the National University of Singapore, uh, weighing in on the kinds of considerations that uh, middle powers and countries like Malaysia need to consider as we find ourselves in the middle of the geopolitical tussle between US and China.
0: And it really is a question about what do you want, right? What does the nation want in terms of its future direction and such? And if you are able to chart that out well, then you 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 know how to position certain things because then you don't need to decide how to ally with someone or not, right? You have your own path that you're charting and whoever is aligned with that, you kind of work with that. I think that's, I think, key here. And that's the challenge, right? If you're not clear what you want, it's easy for you to get influenced by others.
1: Absolutely. And I think for Malaysia, we have a lot of... um I guess sectors or issues uh, that we need to think carefully about and how we want to tread in this and because we're involved in the semiconductor sector right and because that is one of the contested areas between mm. US and China uh, it is important that we are very clear on, on what it is that uh, we want to achieve and how we can work with both sides in ensuring that uh, we come out unscathed uh, regardless of whatever happens with the two elephants right that's we want right. to be the deer that survives <laughs> the uh, tussle between the elephants
0: but that's where I think it's important right You on the flip side about semiconductor in tourism there's so much talk about how do you get more chinese tourists in so really someone has to look at it from a macro standpoint and say look in the overall scheme of things what do i want
1: all right it is 7:59 in the morning we're coming up to the 8 a.m news bulletin but stay tuned because after that on the breakfast grill wong xiaoning speaks to bashar al-natur global head of islamic finance at fitch ratings stay tuned bfm 89.9